a historically interesting thing happened this July. Sometime around July 15th, I'm, I'm actually not sure of the exact date, um, I became the third longest tenured minister here at the Unitarian Church of Lincoln <laughs> since 1960. This sounds somewhat more impressive than it is. <laughs> this is the third congregational year Stacy and I have started in Lincoln, and Charles Stevens' 35 years, followed by Fritz Hudson's 17, stand Cal Ripken-like <laughs> as records that are unlikely to be broken. So yes, I am the third longest tenured minister since 1960, and if I am to be the second, uh, by the time I'm the second, Ailish will be looking at colleges. <laughs> Still, three congregational years is not nothing. Peter Rabel, Carl Storm, P Philip Shug, Edwin Palmer, James McDonald each served here less than five years. We have now been together longer than Reverend Domus, the Kipes, Reverend Campbell, Reverend Osterman, and Reverend Woods. Over the last two years, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. I know this congregation. I think you've gotten to know me. We've had moments of celebration together and, and moments when we've gotten on each other's nerves. I assume the latter is true. If by some miracle you haven't had cause to be frustrated with me sometime in the last two years, well, we've got a long ministry to work together in. <laughs> It's right, I think, at the start of a church year together to take a breath and think about what comes next in the life of this place, of this community. Last weekend, we gathered together for our annual water ritual, marking the start of the congregational year and recognizing the journeys that we all take individually. This week, we'll talk about the journey that we are on as a community. It has been a busy few years here at the Unitarian Church of Lincoln. It will likely remain that way for a while. Last weekend, the board and I had a retreat to talk about long-term planning and how our goals for this year fed into those plans. So what follows today is mostly notes from that retreat as we talked about who we want to be as a community. can and we will talk about our long-term goals and our short-term goals for the year. But in both, it is my hope that we as a community are driven by our vision, the vision that this congregation wrote together and this congregation adopted before my time here. The Unitarian Church of Lincoln is a loving community uniting reason with spiritual exploration to transform ourselves and transform the world. We say that at the beginning of services, it is up on our website. It's my hope that in the next year, it gets in here, deep. What does it mean to be a vision-focused congregation? A vision statement is fundamentally aspirational. 
This is a picture of who we want to be in the world, what we want to be known for. Our mission statement as we have it now is a statement of identity. We are people of helping hands, loving hearts, open minds who show up. Vision is broader than that. It says, this is the community that we aspire to be. And this is how we are going to do the work of being a transformative faith. Our vision statement is a statement of faith. What old language might call an obligation, what the UUA calls a congregation's promise to the universe. And we write it down because it's easy to lose track of our, our big aspirations in the day-to-day -day work of the congregation. Yeah, if we sit down and think about it, we want this place to be a loving community, uniting reason with spiritual exploration to transform us and the world. Uh, but more often the thing that we're th sitting down and thinking about is how do we recruit a volunteer to chair this committee? Who will teach and assist the second and third grade classroom? What is the right arrangement of chairs for this wedding? Will there be coffee on Sunday? And all of those questions are really, really important. We actually do desperately need another teacher and assistant for third grade this <laughs> year. So if you're interested, please talk to me or Chelsea afterwards. Couples get anxious at weddings when the chairs aren't right. Coffee, coffee is vital. <laughs> Each of these things are part of what Victoria Safford calls the unseen spiritual discipline of administration. They are all important, but they are important because they are the means by which we move our vision from aspiration to reality. So, what might we think of as some specific pieces of our vision statement? Yeah, convenient for both memory and rhetoric, the vision statement that you wrote has three clauses. The Unitarian Church of Lincoln is a loving community uniting reason with spiritual exploration to transform ourselves and the world. Three pieces. So the Unitarian Church of Lincoln is a loving community. Loving community begins with welcome. This is both a practical and a theological point. Theologically, our principles say that every person has inherent worth and dignity. Each person, everyone, has inherent worth. Everyone we meet deserves dignity. And everyone, everyone who walks in that door, right out there, is beloved. Whoever you are, wherever you f you're from, wherever you're going in life, you're welcome here today and every day, and it's on us, each of us here, to make that more than just a statement of universalist theology. That gets lived by the culture that we cultivate in this place. Because the other one of our principles says that we're all interconnected. And so even if we're here because we were welcomed in with open arms, if we do not extend that welcome to everybody, then we are not truly a welcoming community. 
practically, we've done a lot of work as a congregation on this over the years. We will continue to do so. We're also going to work on some specifics over the next year or two. This summer, we hired Kelly Ross, who you may have seen out front this morning, who will be taking on the membership functions of the staff team as Judy Hart steps down from her role at the end of this month. We're going to continue to build our ability as an organization to support folks as they come in from the first visit when they walk in the door all the way through being a fully engaged, involved member who volunteers for things. This is the journey that my, a colleague of mine describes as going from describing the Unitarian Church to my church. That's the, the shift in language. We're also going to do some work in the next year looking at pastoral care. I grew up um, Methodist, so in the language of my childhood, the church is most present in Jesus au gratin. <laughs> Hot dishes brought to a doorstep of a member who is ill or who has just had a baby or who has just had a really, really bad week. We call it something different here. Pastoral care is the work of the whole church. It's not just the role of the minister or the staff or the pastoral care committee. It is every time you ask someone from this church, how are you, and mean it more than a courtesy. If we are a loving community, if we are to be a loving community, then this is a thing that we must do well. Second, uniting reason with spiritual exploration. This is something the board and I talked about a lot. Much Unitarian Universalist ink has been shed <laughs> on the relationship between reason and spirit, humanism and theism, head and heart. Uh, in 1993, Charles Stevens said this um, during his beginning of the year sermon to this congregation. Religious liberals have been strong on the intellectual side of religion and have endeavored to think hard in the examination of old truth and for the discovery of new truth. They have not been blind to the demands of inner vision, but they have said, we have said, that that which is illogical must be rejected in theology as well as in mathematics and biology. Religious faith must be intellectually honest and must be kept abreast of modern knowledge. We have never been asked to shed our reason when we enter the church. I wonder, though, if we might broaden this vision a little bit. One way to think about it is reconciling reason and spiritual exploration, finding common ground between the head and the heart, engaging both in worship. I hope we do that. But it is also a hope of mine that in the next few years, the Unitarian Church of Lincoln becomes a place that thinks deeply about what it means to bring our reason to the work of spiritual exploration. So this is a specific that I talked to about the board. Talked to about the board. Two years ago, I will be able, if all goes well, to supervise interns in our denomination. Part of the process of becoming a minister in Unitarian Universalism is that you have to spend the equivalent of one full-time year serving in a congregation under the supervision of a senior minister in the denomination. 
at this point in the process, you are trained and qualified to do the work of ministry, but much like clinical practice or teaching, there's a period of supervision before you can work independently. There are congregations in our denomination that self-identify as teaching congregations. They assume each year that they will have a student minister as one of the staff positions at the church. Each student minister comes for one year, and as they leave, another comes in. And in this way, the congregation helps the denomination to train the next generation of leaders, but also the congregation every year gains fresh insight, energy, and enthusiasm. This is the hope that I express to the board. Lincoln has all the pieces in place to be a great teaching congregation. The church is financially stable. We have a si solid volunteer base. The cost of living in Lincoln is relatively low. There are multiple programs for an intern to get involved in. The minister is excited about teaching student ministers. And the congregation, I know this well, is open to the ideas that young ministers bring with them. All of these things I know from direct experience. So I want to go out to General Assembly in Milwaukee in 2021 and start telling all the seminarians that I see, hey, when you're ready, think about coming out to Lincoln for a year. You can afford to live here on a student minister's salary. That is not the case in Boston. And I don't know of a more supportive congregation to polish the work of ministry. So come spend a year with us, bring your gifts to this community, and we will send you out into search in a year prepared and joyful. Teaching is what unites reason and spiritual exploration. And I know this place can teach. The last part of our vision statement is that we are about transforming ourselves and transforming our world. This is the why. If loving community, if that begins with welcome, if that's where we start, as both a practical and a theological point, then this is, this is the end goal, to transform ourselves and transform the world. This is the congregation's reason for being. This is where the welcome leads. The writer and theologian Annie Dillard puts it this way, a church should be a dangerous place, a zone of risk, a place of new birth and new life where we confront ourselves with who we truly are and who the church is calling us to become. Who we are called to become. As some of you might know, I, ha I have some complicated feelings about Unitarian Universalism as an institution, but I also know that my life has been transformed by my interactions with this faith. When we do worship planning here, the, the question that I start with and that I encourage everyone involved to start with is this, how will the folks who come in be different when they walk out than when they come through those doors. This is who we are. This is who Unitarian Universalism and, and the project of liberal religion is. 
people who don't stay still, who embrace transformations of reason and spirit, who have open minds and hearts that are willing to, as our covenant of this church frames it, cultivate growth and celebrate the changes that growth brings. There's one very practical piece of transformation, uh, as we talked about a few times this spring. We are often full in this space. A church is considered at capacity if three quarters of the seats are filled on Sunday morning. We are often at that number. We were at that number last week. And so to be welcoming and to be able to do the work of transformation that we say we are about in our vision, nine months ago we started looking at how we might transition to having two services on Sunday morning. I'm not going, into, going to go into great detail on this now, but here's what I'll say. We're on track to make that transition on, jo on January 1st. The task force that I've been working with has put together three scenarios. We've presented them to the board and the program council. Over the next few weeks, starting today, about 10 minutes after the service, enough to get a cup of coffee and come back, we will present them to the congregation for your feedback. And then we'll narrow it down to a single proposal that will be in the budget and at the congregational meeting in December. So come, if you've got half an hour, an hour. <laughs> the presentation's 20 minutes long. It's gonna depend on how many questions there are, so plan an hour. More than the practicality. Yes, we need space to, in order to transform as an institution, but, but more than that, we come into this year with no illusions. We live in uncertain times. Each Sunday seems like a question, what solace does Unitarian Universalism have in a world where on Saturday there was another mass shooting where climate change means a category four, and since I've written this, a category five hurricane is bearing down on the East Coast. And that seems most remarkable, not for the hurricane itself, but for how late the hurricane season started this fall. Maybe it's not solace we are asked to provide. Maybe we're back to Annie Dillard. A church should be a dangerous place, a place of risk, a place of new birth and new life where we confront ourselves with who we truly are and who the church is calling us to become. In 2019, the church is calling us to be something new. And I am figuring this all out along with you. I'm not going to pretend great wisdom here. What I know in my bones is that this is not a time for Unitarian Universalism to be inwardly focused. There's a um, song lyrics that have been in my head the last couple of days. I saw justice with a tattered hem. I saw compassion on the run. But I saw dignity in spite of them. I prayed its day would finally come. Our denomination has asked us to focus on rebuilding the infrastructure of democracy. The, the denomination has asked us to do the work of dismantling intersectional white supremacy. And we're gonna talk about these things as well this year because the, the, pr 
problems that are outside these walls are also problems inside these walls. We are a part of the world that we live in. And Unitarian Universalism has a word for 2019. We have stuff to say. Our theology is not ambiguous here. People have inherent worth and dignity. That has consequences for how we act in the world. Our covenant calls us to cultivate growth and celebrate the changes growth brings, to be transformational and transformed in the midst of the world and working on its transformation. We do this through our welcome, through our engagement with mind and soul, through actively doing the work of transformation. And lest you think any part of this is new, we're going to give the last word to Reverend Stephen. In that 1993 sermon, beginning the congregational year, he said, this church is not just here to provide a convenient meeting place for like-minded folks, for members and friends who wish to drop in from time to time. We are here to bear witness to the power of our own good news of reason and tolerance and a proud heritage of religious freedom and liberation. And that is a message that you can communicate to others in words, in invitations to accompany you to this place, in sharing our own deepest beliefs and understandings. We don't have to keep our values to ourselves. If what we have found is important to us, let us share it and let us spread it. Don't keep this place and our messages hidden. It can mean freedom and truth and light and love for others just as it has meant for you and for me. May it be, and amen. <laughs>